Everything's better with sprinkles. It's Dr. Annie Sprinkle, post-porn modernist, prostitute, artist, lover, and eco-sexologist. Annie joins me tonight on The Fabulous D Show. It all happens right now. I never saw a place like this in my life. And that's why I always say Internet's first superstar, because who the hell is left? I might not have been the first, but there's nobody from back then who's still, you know, sitting in front of their computer so fervently, because I still am. I'm just looking up a lot of synonyms for fabulous. It's what she did. Once you start, you can't stop. You know, it's like fear. That's why this program is for anyone with a brain in their hands. But somebody found a potato that looked like Elvis, and then like a week later, somebody found, I don't know, a breadstick that looked like Jesus. What's wrong with people? And most serial killers run around, you know, oh, they thought they were God, they thought they were Jesus, so, you know, they go out and kill 10 or 20 or 50 people. of all that does not contain or pertain to you, yourself, your life, distractions, also known as landmines. Oh, that sounds fun! I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. Do you mean really, really? Can I, can I really, can I, can I really post consults in the chat? Anyone who wants to scare the shit out of a Catholic, all they have to do is, you know, create some kind of, you know, revelation. Always from the right state of mind. Can I say that on here? Is this really necessary? What people don't understand, what people don't understand, what people don't understand, I see It is the Fabulous D Show. I am the Artist D. On tonight's show, it's the multimedia whore and queen of the ecosexual, Annie Sprinkle. Welcome to the show, Annie. Thank you. Good to be here. How are you this fine winter day in the West? Oh, I'm feeling very ecosexy. I'm out oh. in the redwoods. In fact, I'm yeah, in the mountains of Santa Cruz, um, and I'm looking at some giant redwood trees. They look like big phalluses. <laughs> That's fabulous. beautiful. Wow. It sounds very ecosexual out there. Oh, it is. It's so green. Hmm. It's just so green and brown. I was always a pink and purple and red girl. And then uh, after, you know, menopause, I somehow became uh, attracted to earth colors. I don't know what happened. Hmm. Well, it's always good to change and shift like that. And and you. Yeah, well, that's... That's my middle name. It, it's <laughs> kind of what you've been doing forever. 
Uh, I, I first heard you back in the day on Catolo Chronicles with Cato- Frank Catolo, and I thought you were absolutely lovely then. But since then, many, many years have gone by, and now I have my own show, and I've had many underground do-it-yourself porn producers, actors on. And when I ask them who inspires them, who helped them step out of that box and, and do what they want to do and do what they love, it's always Annie Sprinkle. Ah, I'm kind of the uh, Yoko Ono of porn, you could say. I think so. You've been around a long time and apparently inspired many, many people all around the world. And for those who don't know, I guess we should tell them. You have a deep history in the sex industry and and so much more. And and you, you embody this quite literally. You're obviously a pioneer for many in the alternative crowd. So tell us a little bit about your roots. Who is Annie Sprinkle? Okay, well, um, I, I consider myself, among other things, a metamorphosexual, which means mm-hmm. always in a state of change in terms of what I'm interested in sexually. So I got into porn and prostitution when I was 18 in 1975. And I lived in New York 20 years, New York City, and uh, made a lot of mainstream stuff and then had the opportunity to learn about art. And I was very inspired by the Fluxus artists. Of course, Yoko Ono is one of those. And started doing more experimental kind of porn stuff. And and I've always been a big advocate of uh, freedom, sexual freedom. Uh, but I tend to change, you know, so I had my then kink phase was a pro-dominant sub in, the, you know, my mid-20s. Then I became interested in Tantra and New Age and um, Taoist, Native American sex. When AIDS hit, I used kind of uh, sexual healing and sacred sex practices and ecstasy breathing to kind of get me through that because I lost a lot of friends and lovers. And that kind of changed right. me. And... Then went back to King for a while, and then, uh, you know, had my lesbian separatist phase for a moment. <laughs> I thought it was very brief. Uh, <laughs> and then I, uh, I've been a big admirer and enthusiast of transgender and androgynous people, and adore them and worship them and think they yeah. are the best. They are. And... Um, Transgender is the best gender. <laughs> it, it is. So. <laughs> uh, so, and then more recently, I've been in a relationship for 10 years. It happens to be with a woman, an artist, and a professor named Elizabeth Stevens. And we are exploring eco-sexuality and have become kind of queer environmental activist artists and are making a film. So I've always been multimedia and Very. always interested in sexuality, but yeah, lots of different areas. And I kind of function a bit in with a toe in the porn world, a toe in sex worker rights, and a finger in, uh, yeah, and <laughs> sexology. Finger in everything. Yes. Oh my God, I just like, <laughs> well, you know, when you do it 40 years, you, it adds up. It, it really does. And I, I recently, before the show, I had purloined one of your books, Post-Porn Modernist, and I love the story of, of how you got started out quite innocently. You, you were just selling popcorn. Right. And, and it just and kind of was- bloomed from that, that for one thing led to another interestingly enough, into prostitution. How did that happen? Were you, 
before you know you got into that did you did you have that those feelings that that you wanted did you ever think about that beforehand or, or were you just this innocent creature who, who had no idea oh, i was very shy and secure very naive i but i was a teenager in the 60s mm. and i happened to be lucky enough to go to high school in panama in central america wow and it was the 60s and the hippie revolution and my parents uh, gave us quite a bit of freedom, and so I did uh, start smoking pot and doing psychedelics, as everyone was just about <laughs> in the 60s, millions of people, and I think that was the first, my first illegal thing I did, and then I realized, well, this is ridiculous, you know, that it's illegal, um, yes. and I, mean, I was never an addict or an alcoholic, but I, I did break the law as a young hippie, and then... Uh, so I, you know, as a young person, got a, my one of my first jobs selling popcorn in a porn movie theater, and the movie Deep Throat was playing, and it got busted, and I met the director, followed him back to New York City, and ended up in porn there, mm-hmm. and, but I was always a very creative young person, so... Uh, but I, I, I was, I think, touch-deprived, and, um love deprived and insecure and and it really fit my needs and i i've followed my muse and followed my clip and ended up stumbling into what was now you know my life's work but at the time no one could believe what i was doing including me especially me (laughs) and now this was back 70s 80s and apparently what some would consider you were performing in some pretty hardcore stuff. What what kind of stuff did you do that really ruffled people's feathers so much? Uh, well, of course, uh, Golden Showers was a bit of a taboo, but oh, yeah. um, they, they don't call me Sprinkle for nothing. <laughs> uh, I like everything wet and juicy, and of course this is before HIV, so um, I love you know, common sweat and tears and everything, so um, oh my gosh, it's just... So you've done it all, an amazing life. It's been an amazing life. So I've now been in sex 40 years, sex and art and creativity, and and got my PhD in human sexuality, right. and went to college in my mid-30s and studied photography, and I've traveled the world. So it's been a really great life. If, it, if anyone told you that prostitutes are all... Uh, have tragic endings, well, they're definitely wrong. I feel like I came out of it all a total winner. But, yeah, I've, I've broken some taboos here and there. I like to say I fix them, not broken I love that. I love that. Yeah. Because yeah, nothing you've done is, is to, to us here, especially on the show, nothing outrageous. I mean, you were even briefly arrested once for, for doing what you love, and you know, all I see is is a promotion of love and, and sexual fabulousness. And, you know, people have such a problem with this, even to this day. What, what is people's problem with with what you do and well, what, think, what we are? I think it's a combination. I know that, you know, at times in my life when maybe I was uh, sexually frustrated or lonely or sex-deprived, which was very rarely, but <laughs> <laughs> occasionally, you know, that's when I would judge you know, it's like, oh, God, you know. 
But if you're having a great, fabulous sex life, then you're happy other people are, too. Um, I think, you know, part of it's very political. Part of it, obviously, is uh, people's religions um, don't allow for sex outside of marriage. Um, anal sex was such a taboo. I was arrested for sodomy and conspiracy to commit sodomy. So that was illegal. <laughs> and BDSM was, you know, in the DSM-4 as mental illness or some kind of problem. So we've gotten, it's changed for the better, but, you know, it's, it's a, we are, America is a Puritan society. And um, to me, the prostitutes' rights movement's been a, just crucial for changing people's ideas about sex, because as long as people like Tracy Lee from the Phoenix Goddess Temple are in jail for prostitution-related charges, um, for just spreading their love, like you said, and touch and their good, generous, you know, blessings on people, there are no victims and uh, victims of, of people, um, you know, who are trade sex for money, mm -hmm. generally, um, you know, if it's adults, consenting adults, I mean, people are just happy and have orgasms and get touched and loved, and yeah, I mean, maybe right. it isn't ideal, but... Well, it's um, just, it's so, anyway, so, so silly. It's it, the, the whole, you know landscape of, I mean, I guess it's because we live in such a, a wide open world now and it's just so silly to me because, you know, in some states, prostitution legal and, and they're doing fine yeah. and then in others, yeah, not. Exactly. It's really crazy exactly. that we do this still to this day. Yeah, so, so I think people I do think people basically have pretty good intentions when they make prostitution illegal or marijuana illegal or these things. I think they're trying to protect people generally from the dangers of the world but you know at what cost exactly exactly and it seems to be a high cost especially with some of these people who are in jail for that very reason yeah their families their friends their communities their clients oh it's horrible you can't even you know after 40 years of seeing all these amazing wonderful people kind generous People, um, if you've seen the movie The Sessions, you know, mm. people like that, yes. even, um, be their lives ripped apart and their kids taken away and their bank accounts wiped out from legal fees. So, this is still, to me, the core issue in our country. We've got to decriminalize prostitution. I'm all against rape. All against kidnapping, people being forced. I'm against poverty, which forces a lot right. of people into prostitution that, you know, really don't belong there. But a lot of people choose that profession, and they're born to do it, is, is give love and, and, you know, receive financial compensation. Right. And where are we? Where are we on the legalizing of prostitution? Since, since you're involved in that, you know, are, will we ever see that? Is it is it distant future? Well, I thought so. You know, when I got into porn, you'd be arrested if you got caught making it. Um, yeah, true. So I, I really didn't expect porn to become legal before prostitution. <laughs> so, but from what I can see, it's worse than ever for call girls and, you know, people who choose sex work as a profession, prostitution, 
who want to give, you know, full body massage, for example. You can't give it, you know, there's massage therapists who want to do the whole body. They're in jail. Why leave out the penis? Right. You know, (laughs) it's just anti-genitalia. I mean, if that's what people agree on, and that's what's needed with the whole body get massaged, um, I don't see anything wrong with that. And so a lot of those people... Um, good citizens of society who do lots of good things for the world uh, are devastated mm-hmm. by by these laws on prostitution. So don't get me started. But you already did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And throughout your career, you know, multimedia. You were multimedia before multimedia, but you've done so much. And as we know on this show, one thing always leads to another. Directly connected, your life in porn led you to a sex educator kind of standpoint. And like you mentioned, you you were the first porn star to get a PhD. What is your role as Doctor Sprinkle? What what have you you know gone forward to teach people, teach the masses? What? Well, I've always considered myself a kind of radical sex educator. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not, um, <clears throat> I'm sort of experimental. Mm-hmm. So I've taught erotic massage rituals, and I've written some books, but they're not your usual kind of sex ed in a way. Right. I teach through art projects, theater, for example. <clears throat> I did a theater piece called Postborn Modernist where my, I showed my cervix to the audience right. to about 40,000 people in like 15 different countries. <laughs> and that's kind of sex ed, but not yeah. what you'd expect. Right. And uh, I sold speculums in the lobby and people would go home and look at their own cervix. Which but is it was fantastic. Through an art piece. Yeah, through theater. And so now Beth and I are doing eco-sex ed. So, for example, we do eco-sexual walking tours. We take people out in nature, and they're really very eco-sensual, and we use our senses, smell, touch, taste, you know, to connect with nature and take pleasure from nature, and we use our imaginations. And actually, we've taught some incredible eco-sex workshops what happens is people really expand their idea of what sexuality even is right. to include like a whole universe of possibilities of, of connecting with nature erotically and sexually and energetically and ecstatically. So, um, We're so afraid of, of all these things, you know, if you just let it flow and, and, and embrace it, there's such less to worry about. Yeah, everybody's in a different place and different time in their personal sexual evolution. I like to think everyone's in the right place at the right time. Um, I just, like I said, I'm a metamorphosexual, and my interests change a lot all the time. And um, I'm always interested in the next thing. I think, you know, like when I started wearing fetish clothes in the 70s, there weren't that many people wearing a latex bra or a right. lace-up corset or, you know, six-inch high heels. It was a very small, small little community that wasn't very connected, even very underground. 
When I went on my first course in 1973 at Macy's, it was sold <laughs> under the counter. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? And now you can walk into Macy's and they have entire floors of courses. Exactly. Now that's that's so, why that's but, why the forty years was so great because you were you were ahead of your time and doing what you were supposed to be doing before anybody else was really doing it, which is which is well, a wonderful I think, thing. I think a lot of people see the sex, adult entertainment industry mm. as exploring what's erotic, and that is important, and that's one part of it. But the sex industry is also very, you know, it's uh, got a lot more going on than just what's erotic. Uh, We're looking at sex and society. We're pushing the boundaries of of what people do sexually. Um, You know, as part of sex causes of feminism in the 80s, so it was very much a woman's issue. I think for a lot of people, sex is a kind of spiritual thing or totally not. But, um, you know, it's, it's a huge subject, just like life is not about, life itself is not just about what's erotic. Exactly. It's about, you know, all kinds of things. Right. And, and as I was talking to um, a few um, alternative porn stars like James Darling, he's transgender, Courtney Trouble, uh, porn producer, that was one of the, the main things, the educative stance, is that, yes, it's fun, they love doing it, but then there was this whole other angle that if I could show someone that you know, transgender people can have sex and enjoy sex and how to you know, have good sex being transgender... That was that was their main point of that, and I, I think that people miss that a lot. It's not just entertainment. It, you're learning from this stuff. Totally. You're right. Um, in fact, from my perspective, over 40 years, like the 70, the 60s and 70s were kind of heterosexual porn. No, 60s were heterosexual. Sex was a big thing right. in porn. Then the 70s, it became... Uh, gay men's porn mm-hmm. was like blue heterosexual porn out of the water. Right. And then like, then you start seeing like an honor back and like real lesbian porn. <laughs> then the lesbians had their thing in like the 90s. <clears throat> and it started making, that was the most interesting part. Yeah. And then, then it became very clear, like, you know, bisexual and, you know, the last decade. And, and really now it's, transgender sex uh, porn time. It, that's where I think it's most interesting. Transgender and, of course, ecosexual. Yes, that's, that's a whole <laughs> other whole other uh, angle of things. And you've gone from prostitute porn star to an artist, sexologist, which makes complete sense to me. And, you know, what really sparked that epiphany that, hey, this is art, too. I mean, did, was it always art for you, or, or was there a turning point? Well, I would, uh, someone pointed out, it was kind of a folk art back then. Mm, yes. Today, you know, it's more folk art. It's like creativity. Uh, it's, a, it's like making a pot or a cup on the potter's wheel. It's very functional and useful. Um, and yes, it's very beautiful and creative. Um, so, yeah, porn is made for people to get turned on, generally. You, you were you were oh, so you were pretty much a folk yeah. artist first folk porn artist. Yeah, oh, with porn. <laughs> well, it was always a creative process. So you make a porn film. In the old days, it was you know sixteen millimeter, thirty five, eight millimeter film. Right. <clears throat> so you make a film, 
you know, from the same way, whether it has sex in front of a camera or anything else. Right. So I, I've always found it creative, absolutely. Where, whether it's art or not, um, that's my dog saying hi. 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 Art, I mean, I function <laughs> in the art world a lot. I get paid by art organizations to bring my work about sex Right. So, um, yes. And, and, you know, not all porn is highbrow art. I would say it's all creative. Right. It's mostly Absolutely. creative. Some's more creative than others. And I think yours has always been creative, just because of the vein in which you run in. It's just, it's interesting and entertaining, but also creative, because it's not the normal. It's not the mainstream at all. Thank God. <laughs> Well, thank you. Well, by the way, I made the first female-to-male transgender porn that has been found. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. It was 1989. It was a film called Linda Lessonani, the first FKM transsexual love story. And it played in film festivals all over. And, um, yeah, it's, I mean, there was one other film that kind of interviewed some F to M, which mm-hmm. I forgot the name of it, right. but it was the first one that actually showed sex. That's fantastic. The first, first trans yeah. porn movie maker. Yeah. <laughs> I hosted easy. an F to M group in my apartment yes. in New York for about four years, from 89, 88, 89, 90, 91 in New York. It was uh, Johnny Science's Johnny Armstrong's group, and mm. so I was always a big supporter of the guys, you know. Yeah, when I was reading through everything, I I think you know I was seeing the what, what you were the work you were doing with the transgender community and and people was stuff that you know I don't think most of us knew existed until recently. Uh, you know, the support groups, the the, the helping them, and, you know, the, it's just am- amazingly ahead of its time at that time. So that that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, it was. I mean, the first drag king workshop started in my apartment in New York. Oh, that's fabulous. In eighty nine. Oh yeah, first I, I think Johnny Science pointed from drag king, hmm. and we had groups of women come and get made over as men, and then go out. <clears throat> but uh, you know, we we're kind of taught not to um, not to eroticize. Um, what do you call, you know, like a stripper, what do you call that, objectify oh, a yeah, sex object. Right. But actually what I found was the guys back then really needed, um, they needed to be told they were really hot and sexy the way they were. Right. And people weren't doing that. I mean, they were closeted. They didn't even tell their partners sometimes um, that they were, you know, had female genitalia or right. whatever you know, born with the Sure, year. sure. So um, what I did was I I was one of the first kind of, um, I, and it sounds maybe silly to some, or, but to me it was honoring, and that was I was a kind of made, um, you know, eroticized and fetishized and, um, and, you know, glorified transgender sexuality sure. and bodies and energy. And, uh, you know, they, the guys appreciated that. You know, I'd come sit on their laps and 
serve them a beer and, you know, <laughs> flirt with them. Sure. And they, you know, they all knew that I knew they were FMs, right. and that was like a plus in my book. Absolutely. Well, everybody needs so, that, and, and especially that being transgender and having someone not appreciate you in that way as who you are and feel you are. We all need that objectification. You know, some people think it's objectification, but not at all, really. It's just appreciation. Exactly, exactly. And now you have lots of women. You know, I speak at colleges. In fact, if anyone's listening from college, I will happily come to your college and do my work there, Perfect. my presentations and workshops and all that. So just get on online at AnnieSprinkle.org and invite me. I'll go anywhere with... Uh, with the right invitation. <laughs> so, Annie will yeah. go anywhere, absolutely. Oh, just to finish my other thought. Oh, go ahead. Because my sure. brain works circularly. Um, Please I travel do. to colleges a lot, and I meet a lot of, you know, couples that one is transgender or both transgender. There's a lot of people that love and appreciate transgender people now. But in the 70s, 80s, um, there wasn't a whole community of support like there is now. So... Uh, people just wanted to be either male or female back then. Right. You know, it wasn't I, it wasn't the proud identity that it is now. Um, you know, among yes. young people especially. I, but I do um, like yeah, that, so yes. the Lover at Lab was a seven-year art project that Beth and I did together. Um, we had decided since we couldn't get legally married, and we were signed up at City Hall in San Francisco to get legally married. And the Supreme Court said we couldn't, and that pissed us off. And we're like, "Fuck you! We're gonna, we're gonna do some weddings anyway." <laughs> so we decided to do a series of weddings over seven years and explore love uh, in art. We've done a lot of work about sex. Now, what was this thing called love, um, which is almost more transgressive in a way to explore love, right. uh, because sex was being explored a lot now in art. So anyway, so we uh, used the structure of Linda Montano, who's another artist, where each year was based on the theme and color of a chakra. Ah, okay. And you can go to loveartlive.org. We ended up doing 15 big performance art weddings. And the number four wedding was We Married the Earth. Oh. And, yeah, and... It really changed us when we yeah. married the Earth, and we fell in love with the Earth, and that's when kind of we're like, wow, I'm in love with the planet, you know, and it's just getting a lot of erotic and sensuous pleasure from nature right. all of a sudden. And I had lived in cities most all my life, right. all my life, mm -hmm. so it was like discovering this whole new erotic world, you know, like... When you discover Plato's Retreat or the Hellfire right. Club when you're kinky or something, sure. this is like a new fetish and kink. And, but it's really a romantic thing. I'm right. truly in love with this, with nature, with trees and flowers, and I see the sexuality everywhere in nature. Which sounds so then we've married the sea, we've married the stars, <laughs> I mean the moon, we've married rocks, and we've done this in many different countries. We just mm -hmm. came from Finland, oh, okay. where we married a lake oh. on a boat. Nice. And we jumped in the lake. 
It was very cold. <laughs> yeah, so we consummate the weddings. Right. Like we married snow in we married snow in Canada and uh, consummated with icicles and oh wow, tattoos. They're very weird performance art weddings and that sounds um, fantastic. Everyone can take vows with us. So yeah, sure. it's really. It's a cool art project. Um, Which is really interesting how we, you know, we come so far and we kind of don't love the earth now. And we really should since, you know, we are of it and it's everything. Yeah. So getting yeah, back to that. It, you know, thank you. You said it. We are the earth. So yeah. really all sex is eco-sex because when we're having sex with people, we're having sex with water and dirt and moon dust. Right. Mean, what do you call it? Um Stardust. Yeah. This is Sebastian Hargi, and you're listening to The Artist D, the Fabulous D Show, and you can find him at theartistd.com. This episode of The Fabulous D Show is brought to you by our friends at... Come in. Share photos, share videos, chat, flirt, make friends, and have fun, have fun. On Transtastic.com. Hi, it's me, Frank Catolo, and there's only one place to go on Thursday nights live. Do what most people are doing on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They're getting on their iPhone, their iPad, taking an ibuprofen, and they're listening to Catolo Chronicles. It happens in the cyber broadcasting world. It's the original talk show on radio. Go to catolochronicles.blogspot.com, click to listen. I'm Frank Catolo, the man whose name adorns the title of the show. <laughs> Radio. Is that a furry in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? Radio. Join Skylar Hall and Bolo Cute Fox for a rousing round of music that spans the genres. It's hotspotradio.net. Radio. He'll take listener requests and dish it all live on SRN1. It's hotspotradio.net, live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. EST. Radio. <laughs> you are listening to Rainbow Mix Radio, where all the good songs have gone. Well, I composed a concerto. I'm working on a couple of concertos, and I may do some singing. Oh, wonderful. I have plans in motion. Art, music, literature, and the truth. It's Four Culture Magazine. Calling all artists. Find out more at fourculture.com. That's F-O-U-R culture.com. The world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio show is kicking ass and taking names. 
each and every weekend. Join us live at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern on JiggyJaguar.com for the best of the best in adult film, art, music, and the best Mac talk in the biz. Our ratings speak for themselves. The Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show on JiggyJaguar.com. This is Mac Danger from Swellin' Radio and also from Dead Cowboy Rebellion and Twin Rivers. You are currently listening to The Fabulous D Show with your host, the artist D. It's Funtastic on Transtastic.com. Our artist D is fabulous. Welcome back to The Fabulous D Show broadcasting from Earth. At theartistd.com. That was pretty much what did it for me when I realized that that everything was everything. You know, the the entire universe was just all directly connected, and we are stardust, we are smoke. It's just, it's crazy. But you know, yeah. everyone, if they had that that realization, it would be just like you have that a very eye opening, very very calming, loving. And I think more people need to realize that. Because we do live in this strange, very cruel world, and and you do join us on on you know a time where just in December we we're having more violence in in America, and you know what is your answer to the culture? Because the wound is open, and and it's very it's going to be very hard to close that wound that we have. Um, well, you know, um, we just had this uh, shooting of. Right. Like 22 children and six teachers in elementary school, but right. you know, prostitutes are you know are killed by serial killers like a lot more often because they're vulnerable right. to that. Um, and you know, so there's always been this violence, and um, I think that the the, the news. It's kind of really going crazy over that. Meanwhile, you know, what about these 17-year-old girls that end up in prostitution? And because it's illegal, they can't report, you know, rapists, um, or they get put in jail. They can't get, uh, you know, go to a safe place to work, so they get killed. Right. But who cares about them? I mean, <laughs> that's that's the thing is that when we look at it, it's like, yeah, this is terrible. What what's going on and what the media is reporting? But for us who know reality and know the underground, know the true culture of of everything, it it's nothing new, and it's just it's bubbling up to the surface now. But there, you know, we are violent. Period. It, it's it's there. It's everywhere. It's always been there. And, and it's it's well, I horrible. Your website said something about guns, and what what's your position? That's that was my last show, and and I did talk about guns, and and I'm hoping that I did do a good job at getting across that we live in a very violent world. But quite frankly, it would be much better if we didn't. And uh, my position, you know, I'm kind of on the fence. We it is a violent world, and we need to do something about it. And in the meantime, we need to protect ourselves. But uh, you know, I'm I'm really torn on that actually because I do believe yeah. I wish people would just put everything away. Of course, I mean that would be wonderful if we could just put them away, have no violence, have no guns. That would be great and and love each other. Uh, it would certainly save a lot of time and a lot of life. 
So that, that's why I wanted to bring that up as, as to you as, as far as your position on it as well, because you know, I think, you know, it, both are true. We, we live in a violent world. We need to protect ourselves. But at the same time, wouldn't it be nice to not live in a violent world and, you know, love each other? Well, I think a lot of the violence is caused by, um, you know, greed. And mm-hmm. um, there's a, a video we just watched on YouTube, a movie called Thrive. And um, really, it's actually made by someone in this area where we're living in the Santa Cruz Mountains. It's called Thrive, and it's, it's a little bit of a conspiracy theory type movie. Mm-hmm. Or you could call it that, and people do. But... It's saying how there's, like, some very wealthy, wealthy families that kind of rule the world. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and they just want power, and, and they really can control how much food people are getting and uh, how rich or poor people are. Um, so I think, you know, people, it could be a better world, but, you know, there's this uh, uh, amazing greed and power grab and um, that was kind of my my thing was you know guns true possibly a problem but when you think about it it's like geez there's just so many problems so many layers to this issue yeah on the other hand you know my psychedelic journeys um kind of sometimes when i'm in altered states or even uh you know from when you're with having sex for hours and you go really, it's kind of like a psychedelic journey. Right. Uh, when it's really good, you go really deep and very, you know, you become truly one with everything in a way. It sounds corny, but, um, and so sometimes I just see the world as perfect exactly as it is. Right. And we need both good and bad. We need life true, and death. And, and all these things are working together to make it an amazing world, and, uh, you know, I wish there were more social services for mentally ill people, that, and everyone had food there. and clothing, um, and I think it is possible, but yeah. not as long as there's so much greed. Yep, I think that, that pretty much covers it. You know, we've, we've just, it, it's the greed, and it's, we really have to pull it together, and it's going to be really hard to do and so. I, I think the prostitution law is, is connected with that mm-hmm. because the government makes a lot of money off the backs of prostitutes. Right. You know, the states get money for people, you know, the more prisoners they have. So prostitutes are easy targets. Absolutely. There's so many of them, they're not going away, and it's obviously a real need for it. Right. So, and they provide a great service. But yet they can put them in jail, and the lawyers benefit, and the people in power benefit, uh, because God forbid too many people have too much sexy fun and get too happy. <laughs> anyway, you know, it's all very political, but yeah. it's also this amazing world full of sensual delights and pleasures and ecstasy and bliss, and all that's available, too. But I like the, I think the activism part's exciting, and it's nice to live your life caring about uh, making a better world according to yourself. Absolutely, right? yeah, totally. So, let's talk so about... Uh, okay. Let's talk about ecosexual, because that is your, yeah. your current newest newest endeavor, one thing leading to the other from Love Art Lab to ecosexual, a new kind of activism. 
Tell us about ecosexual. Well, you know, we have GLBTQI. Now I want to add an E for ecosexual. What was the I? It means I is intersex. Okay. Intersex. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then and e. of course, some people use two Qs, queer and questioning. Okay. GLBTQI. Oh, I want wow. to add the E. Which means ecosexual, I mean, different people have different definitions, uh, but, you know, it's someone who's interested in uh, nature fetishes, uh, that cares about environmental issues and the environment, uh, someone whose sexuality is expanded to include, you know, uh, energy exchange with... Uh, with uh, all kinds of things other than people. Oh, my dog is having a... <laughs> he sounds like a uh, very strong, large dog. <laughs> he wants to chase the squirrel. Of course. He's, uh, he's very, he's very he's eco he's himself, sexual. absolutely. He's totally ecosexual, yes. <laughs> but uh, w so, we don't get sexual with our dogs. No. But we do cuddle a lot. Absolutely. We do cuddle very, we're very... He's kind of a lover, you could say. Sure. So that yeah. so it's more more Earth is your lover. That is the ecosexual flow of things, with ecosexual. Yeah. yeah, and we're developing a new field of research called sex ecology, which is exploring the places where ecology and sexology intersect in our culture. And I have a college lecture I've been doing about what ecosex and sex ecology are and. So we're kind of developing it and making it up, but, you know, in the Gay Pride Parade, we march with signs that say ecosexual, mm -hmm. and I can't tell you how many people, like, go, thumbs up and applaud mm. and say, I am too. Mm -hmm. It's really, actually, people really resonate with the term. And, you know, like, for example, we went to Barcelona, to Spain, and we taught uh, some very intense ecosex workshops, and all these well, crazy artists and punks, really hardcore sex people <laughs> yes. did this workshop and I tell you they all came out totally changed Wow! and like my god you're right we can have connect erotically with nature we can have sex with a tree we can do grassolingus <laughs> did you ever try lay down in big fluffy green grass and stick your tongue in the grass oh. and lick the grass I mean it is sexy and press your pelvis against the earth wow. or nude skinny dipping or, you know, um, make a lot of people masturbate with water right? and you're really making love with water, but you don't think about it that sure. way. A lot of people have sex outdoors and they have some of the best sex ever outdoors and they sure. think they're just outdoors in a nice setting, but really the trees and the flowers and the energy of the earth is adding to their pleasure Absolutely. if you open up to that. So i got to get out of the city. i got to stick my tongue in some grass. <laughs> no. My goodness. Well, um, we have a website that's about our ecosex projects, and um, you can go there and see our nature fetish charts and graphs and, and some pictures and projects and our ecosex wedding and the website sexecology.org, S-E-X. E-C-O-L-O-G-Y, sexecology.org, oh, like orgasm. And uh, so, yeah, we feel this is the big new next thing. And are, are really kind of developing this uh, idea and doing, 
We're doing a big Ecosec Symposium, the first international mm. one, this summer in England. So mm. you're all invited oh. Oh, to perfect. come to that and make art and do your work and perform Wonderful. in a theater or just come do a reading or Great. write poems. Or So we're going to explore Ecosec and make um, uh, we have a lot of listeners from from England, uh, all over, but but definitely oh, a lot great. from England. Well, they'll they'll have to come see you. Col- yeah, Colchester. Colchester, and okay. we're going to be in France also this summer in um, at Emitrope. It's in Bourges, France, and do a residency there and all kinds of ecosex projects, ecosex walks, workshops. That's so wonderful that, that this just yeah. this is your life that you're out there oh, around yeah. the world doing this. Oh yeah, yeah. I, we travel a whole bunch and spread uh, our ecosex concepts all around. And we you, have an ecosex manifesto, which <laughs> maybe you want to post on your website. Oh uh, yeah, totally. Um, with this interview, it's an ecosex manifesto, and that will really tell you what it's all about. Perfect. And you do this all with your partner? Uh, as much as I can. Sometimes I travel myself mm. um, to colleges or to do certain right. kinds of gigs because she's a full-time professor as well. Wow. So that's why things, big projects get booked in the summer. Right. Oh, but uh, yeah, we travel together most of the time and she's great. She's yes. a lot of fun. She's like two fabulous and, people. Ah, she's awesome. And mm-hmm. We have a new movie that's just almost done. It's called oh. Goodbye Golly Mountain, an Ecosexual Love Story. Okay. And it's about mountaintop removal coal mining in West Virginia. That's from West Virginia. And, you know, that's a whole microcosm for what's happening in a lot of places sure. with this corporate greed yeah. and disregard for people and the environment. So it's it's we're excited about this movie and there's a trailer you can see with a little taste of it. It's an ecosexual love story, so it's got us being ecosexy and yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, yeah, so you continue your multimedia horness everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, we we do. Well, we have to because I mean sometimes I just want to hole up in the woods and not go anywhere, but <laughs> You know, girls got to make a living, and <laughs> that's what we do. We, we, we do art projects and, and lectures, and that's how we make a living. And oh. we have two really beautiful houses, one in uh, the mountains and one in San Francisco. Mm. Well, and we kind of go back and forth between those. And uh, we work our ass off all the time <laughs> and <laughs> and try to keep it all, all the balls in the air. Sometimes they fall, but... Uh, sure. I'm certainly jealous of all those redwoods that you get to hang out with, definitely. Because all I, the I, The redwoods and, and your, your oh. mountainous, everything mountainous. I love it. I, I, I like that. I love nature and stuck well, in the city what? far too every, much. Every city has beautiful nature. It's true. It really does. Like, we, we gave our ecosystem walking tour of the Castro... Oh, right. And uh, in San Francisco, and you know, there's things growing out of the cracks in the sidewalk, and right. there's like all kinds of parks, and you know, it's it's nature's everywhere. You've True. always got the sky. Try masturbating with the sky mm, sometimes. You know, just looking out your window. Perfect. So there's all kinds of ways to be 
sensuous and erotic with nature. It's just even in your own shower or bathtub or hot tub. Right. You just got to look for it, and it's there. Rattle the it's hot ever. tub jet, and you'll be out. <laughs> you know, you'll be out in in the wild in no time. That's for sure. But yeah, yeah, nothing like a good walk in the woods. That's what we're gonna do Christmas Day. Is Perfect. Go to the old growth redwood forest. Wonderful. Two thousand year old trees there. Mm. Can you imagine? I I can't imagine. I love it. That's and beautiful. They're actually someone's actually got an ancient growth uh, nursery. Like someone mm. is taking this 2,000-year-old tree and they found a shoot from it and it's growing that tree. Awesome. That tree tree's going to become like four or 6,000 years old. I mean, wow. that is sexy. That is. Oh, man, these Edwards are hot. <laughs> They're the gentle giants. That is so true. Like, so gorgeous. And you, you've, so you're, you've, you're on screen, you're on podiums, stages, uh, and you're also in print. Um, what books, where can we find you in print currently? Any books that you've got going on? Well, we're working on a book proposal now for an academic publisher all about our ego-sex art experiments. So, so it's the next one, of course, the one I'm most interested in. But, sure. Uh, you know, if you go to Amazon, you can still find Postborn Modernist, which really holds up. It's kind of one of the first, like, art catalogs that was yes. hardcore sex. Um, I loved it. It was great. It told me everything I needed to know about you. Yeah, you can sometimes find my deck of playing cards. Well, that brought you up to one of the first 25 years. Exactly. That's why, you know... It's years since of more sure. sexy fun, you could say, an experiment. Absolutely. So, and, and they yeah, can get... so um, I have a, a book called... Dr. Sprinkle's Spectacular Sex, which is your sex life makeover, but they retitled it. Yeah. Um, you can get that on Amazon and a deck of playing cards that I did the photos. Mm. Yeah, so we're girls. We just work like mad. We have Absolutely. an art show. We got, believe it or not, three years in a row grants from San Francisco government to do work. Wow. It kind of blows my mind. That yeah, we would. applied for some San Francisco Arts Commission grants and we've been getting them. So we're going to be doing a theater piece about eco-sex, and they're paying for it. Can you imagine? Amazing. Well, that's that's good. That's very good of them. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. We're very hmm. amazed. Yeah, so we... You know, in the 80s, with my first show, Postborn Modernist, there was a lot of controversy because it got some government grants, <laughs> So you know, which were national endowments for the arts grants. Actually, I didn't get them just to places where I performed right. got them. Well, we've come really a long fun. way now that, you know, that, that they can yeah. now do that, and it's not scandalous as much, at least. At least in San Francisco, thank goodness. So we can find yeah. all, of, all of your books, DVDs, anything about you at anniesprinkle.org um, and, and also your other sites. What was the, the eco-sex site was where? Sexicology. Sexecology.org and loveartlab.org. So we have three websites. Perfect. And um, but most of all, I hope people will come visit, see me. I have to update my calendar, but I get around a lot. You do. You're everywhere. And um, and I do have a Facebook uh, friend. I have a friends page, but it's full, so I can't friend more people. But there's another page if you search around. 
it's the likes page, okay. and I post all the same stuff there. Perfect. And I, I like Facebook, so I'm always on awesome. uh, posting little things. So just find the right one. Uh, there's some imposters that yes. uh, we'll look do around it. and, we'll and do our find searching. me on Facebook. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're certainly everywhere. Your schedule is packed, which is also at AnnieSprinkle.org. Is there any particular, um, anything coming up really re- soon that we should know about to see you? Yeah, um, we in January 12th and on Valentine's Day, well, we have an art exhibit in Los Angeles and Chinatown in L.A., a little gallery called Jancard Gallery. It's a retrospective of visual artwork. And everyone, I would love to come. Uh, Perfect. To LA, <laughs> get your plane tickets. Absolutely. And uh, so we're going to be selling. Um, like we, I've been going through old, old, old stuff. It's a retrospective. Oh, okay. So things I've never shown that I've treasured. I'm going to actually sell in this exhibit. And um, what else? Uh, so and then on Valentine's Day is the final day of that exhibit, and we're going to do something special which we haven't announced yet. Oh. But, uh, yeah, Valentine's oh. Day, the love day. We will stay tuned for that, definitely. And Perfect. I just uh, wish everyone a great new year filled with love and sexy fun and um, hope to hope we cross paths. I'm, I'm sure we will, absolutely, in the future as we love our Earth and love each other forever. Why not? It's the best way to live. Exactly. I mean, it's here. Why not? <laughs> it's a good way to go. <laughs> it really is. Annie, it's, it's been an honor, and I am so glad you took the time out of that packed schedule to be on the Fabulous D Show with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, all the best. All the best, and we will talk to you again sometime. You have a fabulous new year. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Bye. And on that note, we've got to go. It's the Fabulous D Show every Sunday at 7 p.m. EST, 12 a.m. GMT, streaming live on RainbowMixRadio.com, simulcast on Transtastic Radio in Europe at Transtastic.com, and of course, downloadable, iPodable, everythingable, until forbid, at the fabulousdshow.com our new website a big thanks to Brett Gleason for our theme song and again the amazing Annie Sprinkle for joining us this evening do you have your porn and sexual freedom if you don't I suggest you get some cause your world is melting so express yourself to death I am the artist D good night <laughs> <laughs>